Welcome to the Who's He Podcast with me, Phil. Me, Paul. And me, Tony. Yes, and of course this week we are doing the second part of our commentary for Castrovalva, and this week is episodes three and four. So we're all raring to go. We're not going to do any news this week, are we? Because we just want to get straight into it. Yes. Yeah. And also because, we, as we discussed last week, we're actually recording this on the same night, aren't we? Yes. So yeah, <laughs> hence no news. Well. And we... We can't be bothered to actually do any uh, in, in, intro um, stuff for news or it's anything like that. So it's too hot for ball, isn't it? far <laughs> too hot. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. So we're, we're just going to get straight into it. So hopefully everyone at home, you've got your DVDs at the ready or your your iPads, whatever you, you're watching on. So we're going to press play very, very soon. Oh. Actually, we're going to do it now, actually. Not very, very soon. There's no news. I was going to go into news mode then. Bollocks. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> Aha, well, that's not actually strictly true, because I do have some news. I did find some time much later on, it was a little bit cooler, and uh, yes. So here we go, let's have some a little bit of news after all. Well, first up, uh, it was announced that the 50th anniversary box set uh, will be released. Now, apparently, um, this is, well, not apparently, this is a massive, massive box set. Um, now, apparently, it's going to be released in uh, September in the UK, now, just to go through what, what's in this, it's quite a bumper thing. So here we go. You've got the name of the Doctor, the night of the Doctor, the day of the Doctor, the time of the Doctor, an adventure in space and time, the Five-ish Doctor's reboot, as we reported a few weeks ago, this would appear on a box set that looks like this is the one, uh, Doctor Who, the ultimate guide, the science of Doctor Who, Doctor Who Proms 2013, The Last Day, The Day of the Doctor read-through, The Day of the Doctor cinema intros, deleted scenes, behind-the-scenes action, a BBC America documentary Tales from the TARDIS, and a BBC America documentary Farewell to Matt Smith. So as you can see, that is quite a bumper edition. And this is also a Blu-ray stroke DVD box set as well. So it looks like, finally in the UK, we're going to get an adventure in space and time on Blu-ray. However... This is a limited edition release. Okay, so this is the thing. There are 6,000 Blu-rays to be released and 4,000 DVDs released to the set. Okay, so as I say, this is going to be released in the UK on September the 8th. So as soon as we get any um, costs on how much it's going to cost you for DVD or, and or Blu-ray, uh, we shall let you know. Now, another exciting thing that happened this week, we also got a new trailer. Uh, now, um, I say exciting, there wasn't really much to it because it actually there was less content than the previous trailer. This one came out on Wednesday the 23rd of July and it was shown uh, just before the opening ceremony of the Commonwealth Games in the UK or in Glasgow to be exact. Um, yeah, it didn't give anything else away. Uh, as I say, it gave even less away. It featured less Daleks and no Paternoster gang whatsoever in this one. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't a lot to get too excited about, but uh, hey, they're giving us more trailers. Who cares? Who cares? Now, talking of a uh, new series and the first episode, Deep Breath, uh, apparently in uh, Amazon in North America are listing the standalone DVD Blu-ray release as coming out on September the 9th. Now, um, the feature link story, as confirmed by Doctor Who magazine, is run at just over 75 minutes. So, um, it looks like we've got too long to wait before the first episode is released. Quite strange, actually, they're releasing it before the series has actually ended. Um, so, yeah, not too sure why that is. But if we get any more news on that, and also the UK release date, we'll come back to you. Um, as and when. Now, also, as I recall this news, which is on uh, Thursday, it's 24th of July. The Doctor Appreciation Society have um, unveiled a plaque dedicated to Verity Lambert, and that was opened at London's Riverside Studios. Uh, there to commemorate with Caroline, Caroline Ford, I should say, not Caroline, who's Caroline Ford? Caroline Ford, William Russell, and Warris Hussein. And as you know, uh, Verity Lambert was Doctor Who's first producer and also the first female drama producer at the BBC, so she really was pushing opening doors to people, obviously, as... Um, you know, 50 years later, those doors aren't still completely open. But um, let's hope it's getting better. Let's hope it's getting better there. So, um, but it's nice just to see 
of finally sort of getting her own blue plaques. I think it's it's um, it's a big thing in the UK for our North American listeners to sort of commemorate people where they where they might have usually where they lived or they were born or died in. Um, but this is just nice to have her own plaque unveiled at the Riverside Studios. Now the other item of news that came out um, after um, we sort of uh, we finished recording our commentary, which you'll hear very very shortly, is that um, Philip Morris um, did a basically a Facebook Q and A, um, and obviously the the main sort of topic of conversation is what about all these other missing episodes? Now, as as we know, and have we as we've spoken about before on this podcast, that Philip Morris has, has remained fairly quiet on the subject, um, basically not wanting to give anything away because he can't be confident of anything at the moment. So basically, when he was um, asked directly whether he'd found any other, you know, any further episodes. Um, this is his uh, direct quote. He says, "A tricky one to answer, and fans will just want a yes or a no. Have you or haven't you? But it's complex. All I can say is the wind is blowing the right way. Be patient. I don't wish to jeopardise the ongoing project in any way, and feel the fans of all Lost TV would be very happy with the outcome." Okay. And then he also went on to uh, defend his statement he made last issued last year, uh, saying that the episodes had all gone. He said it was a statement of fact. All the original video recordings were wiped, all the known negatives were junked, and all out-of-contract film copies sent to landfill. They are the facts, sadly. However, moving on from that, you have non-return prints, audition films, and things which people thankfully thought to take home. So he also said that um, there's no announcements in the pipeline at the present. Um, It just sometimes can be the wrong thing with ongoing TV work and investigation. An example would be during the last announcement... I was in a very hostile part of the world and suddenly I was everywhere on TV. My anonymity was compromised. This made the team a target. So we must plan these things carefully for the greater good of the project and the safety of the personnel involved. And I think this is what people need to get into perspective. He is he and his team are entering very, very dangerous parts of the world to recover not just Doctor Who, but all kinds of uh, lost and believed or wiped TV series and, and films and whatever. So... Um, He's doing some very dangerous and important work, and I think people just need to be a bit patient. Obviously, this is just me giving you my opinion. We haven't got Paul here at the moment. Um, obviously, he might sort of think something different to me, but um, all I can say is that it is not the fans' right to be given these um, these episodes, whether they've been found um, or not. It's um, There might not be in any condition to be shown to anybody, and as you said, we've just got to be patient. So there we go. There we go. Okay, well, I think that's just about wraps it up for this little news item. Um, so, um, as I say, that's just me rattling on for a few minutes. Uh, but I thought it, it was worth just interjecting into the uh, into proceedings just to give you this little bit of news. Okay, everybody, so um, that's me done. That's the news for this week. So, back to the action. Anyway, we're going to press play then on episode three. Today has been a good adventure in the wilds beyond the walls. In five, four, three... Two, one, and play. And off we go. Ah. Now, this episode was released on the 11th of January, 1982. It certainly was. Yep, and tone, audience figures. Audience figures. And uh, last week it was, uh, eight, was it 8.6 or something like that? It was 8.6 last yeah. week. Uh, I think it's, I'll say 8.5. Way off. Was it really? Paul, have a guess? Did it increase? Um, 10.1. 10.2. <laughs> what was this only, what, was people talking about it then? Must have done. <laughs> There's obviously nothing much else on, on TV oh, on, no, Monday, no, no, on a Monday what? night. Obviously, the, the, uh, the, the, the Dudley Moore, give us a clue, it didn't have the effect that uh, ITV wanted, and obviously. Oh, oh, oh. Well, no, it probably did, because that, that was only eight point something. The first one was Well, no, it didn't get people going back to give us a clue the next week, did it? <laughs> no. No, but there, there was the drop in figures, though, wasn't there, for that Tuesday? Or Coronation Street. Ah, uh, Cor- Corey, of course, yeah. Right, today's events. Right, Steve Davis makes the first 147 break recorded on TV under tournament conditions during the Larder Classic against John Spencer. Oh. Wow, well, you know I know that. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> so I thought the first recorded one was... Oh, no, that might have been during the, um, the first record, 147 by Cliff Thorburn. Ah, that was in, that was in the world. 
Yeah. That was in the World Mark, Championship, Mark though, wasn't it? Yeah. I was at the first recording 147 by Cliff Thornburn. No, that wasn't done by Steve Davis. No. <laughs> I think you'll find. Was he the last uh, world champion with moustache? Cliff Thornburn. Did he ever win it, though, Cliff Thornburn? He did indeed. Did he? Oh, yeah. In uh, 19... 1980. So we're just talking 80. of this rather very long recap again after yeah. the last episode. I think it was 1980, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because Davis won it the year afterwards and he kept winning it forever right. after that. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Terry Griffiths is 79, as I recall. Yeah. Hey, weird. Oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So it's gone from. This is how wonderful Christopher H. Bidme's writing is. It's gone from there's blood on the floor. The doctor's gone. This episode, he must have been feeling better and got up and left. I can't whatever happen. happened, but they're, oh <laughs> they're not exactly running off, are they? To follow, no, exactly. well, they are now actually. So, and they took their time to realise they should be running off. Regan and Cart to come dashing. Get your trousers on. You're nicked. That's just why she's wearing trousers now. <laughs> <laughs> we're the Sweeney son, and we haven't had any dinner. <laughs> Breakfast, wasn't it? Dinner. Was it dinner? It was dinner. That was dinner. Yeah. That was the first episode of the Sweeney, actually. It was, wasn't it? And Keith Chegman was in that. Yeah, Keith uh, Chegman played a little tear away in it or something. Yeah, he was. He was definitely I don't think he was in the first episode. He might, or you might think of the pilot, Regan. Get your trousers on your necks was from, the, from Regan. Oh, was he really? Not from the Sweeney. Yeah. yeah. But Keith Chegan was definitely one of them, the early, very early ones. He might have been. Yeah, I know was, yeah. um, Ray Winston was. No, Ray Winston, that's right, yep. Yeah. He also appeared in the movie itself. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> and a minder, of course. I did read where this is actually... I know I said Crow, but there's a something rocks it's called. I can't think where it's... Uh, I saw that now. Never mind. Doesn't really matter. No, no, it does. It does? I need to know. <laughs> Just a shame it jars, doesn't it? You go from that film to studio again. You mean that's a studio? Yes. Good heavens. Although there is something about that, though, that just <coughs> sums up the whole BBC mm. for me. You sit with outside filming and you get back to studio and out, like the goodies used to do that as well, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last week, of course, you remember the Riverside, the, um, the show for the, the youth of Britain. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. This week, right? This week uh, features Ice House, Fad Gadget and Stuart Copeland's 8mm movies. Whatever they were. Right, okay. Were they some sort of <laughs> strange home movies that he did? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see them again. What is really sad about that is we're talking about a programme that was aimed at people that was older than us in them days. <laughs> well, no, it was only 12, weren't we? <laughs> we, was, we was too young for that programme, then. <laughs> we were, weren't we? God <laughs> Bennett. Oh, so my older sisters would really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. If you had ended up, I didn't have an older sister, I had a younger sister. Although Gina's probably too old for it, she'd have been 18 at the time. Yeah. The rain would have been right though, she'd have been 60. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, now we go through Tony's family tree. I don't know why they're, they're these like tough voices when they've got the helmets on. So as it comes, they're rather fey, aren't they? So, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that Mr. Bronson. Oh, yes, so butch.
Yeah. I was trying to think Derek Waring, the actor here. He's been in so Eddie's many brother. different things. Yep. I thought he, he died in, uh, I don't know, is he, um, yeah, he died in 2007. Apparently he was best known for playing Detective Inspector Goss in Z Cars from 1969 to 1973. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's married to actress Dor- Dame Dorothy Tutin. Who's she? I bet you know her. She's been in a few films. Actually, he, he's, actually Derek Wayne was, wasn't his real name. He's actually born Derek Barton Chapel. Oh, and his father was the TV pioneer. Pioneer? Pioneer. 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 I was Wait, hoping he was Barton Chapel. He probably didn't see what he was the pioneer. No, yeah, <laughs> hang on, chaps. You haven't got the rest of it yet. TV pioneer. Wing Commander H.J. Barton Chapel, who worked yeah. with John Logie Baird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently his first television role was in a 1956 episode of the Jack Benny programme. Oh, Have we got a nice shard of van coming later, Paul, have we? <laughs> in the fridge. <laughs> and Tone, he was also in Crown Court. Ah, yes, my yes. favourite. <laughs> ah, Michael Sheard. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing about, the, about Derek Waring, interesting thing according to Wikipedia there, he was saying his wife died in 2001 and following her death he concentrated on radio work. Is that because she dressed him or... <laughs> 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 And Peter Davison bites into celery, which he cannot stand. Oh, really? Yeah, he hates celery. Yeah. Today's Danger Mouse. Yay! <laughs> yes, here we are. What Back to called, Danger Mouse, yes. It's called Close Encounters of the Absurd Kind. Like aliens capture Danger Mouse and Penfold for use in experiment where they can journey to the Bermuda Triangle out in the sea on the trail of Baron Greenback. Danger Mouse! Danger, oh, Danger Mouse! Who were the other villains in Danger Mouse? Yeah. I don't know. They had, they had these two henchmen, didn't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sea Baroni. Yeah. That's uh, all I can remember. And that white caterpillar. Yeah. Instead of the white cat. But there were cat, other villains, though, weren't there? No, I, think, I don't I'm know, sure there, was an ap- there was an apple-headed one. I'm sure there was. Yeah. I think this is from your fevered no, imagination, there, there, I think, actually. There were other villains on Danger Mouse. <laughs> we search. Oh, okay. There we go. Danger Mouse. Swatch now. We're going to be on. Yep. The doctor's... Uh, oh, yes, they all suddenly got the joke. There we go. <laughs> Ooh, very good, doctor. Oh, no, a mild predicament. Yeah. I don't know why the, those two are in lampshades on their heads and, and that one isn't. That's a good point. Maybe Perhaps, he's, he's not a senior, is he? <laughs> <laughs> also, maybe, maybe the one he's missing is one because Paul Heath from the Farrows Project pissed in it. <laughs> it's maybe. <laughs> it's just them two are the ones with the ideas, aren't they? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, glass of sherry. That might have made no, it's not absinthe to me. It doesn't. And that horrible moment when you can't find your hat and you have to put another one on. <laughs> Paul Treve two hats. <laughs> well, who's this actor then? I suppose he's playing someone 40 years older than he actually is. Well, that is the question. The actor listed yeah. as playing the Paul, uh, the Paul Treve is Neil Tournay. Ah. And... Um... You have watched this prior to this, Tone. I should know who this is, shouldn't I? You sh- <laughs> I just, do you do think this is all comes as a big surprise to Tone? It does. Every episode, it's just a, Fair enough. A, a half an hour of wonder to Tone, isn't it? <laughs> Tone, 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 while you're sitting there, work out an anagram. Work out the anagram of Neil Tournay. The first name should come very easily to you, actually. Yes. yes. An odd name. Yes. <laughs> Usually for odd people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my mind's blank. 
Something. Oh dear, I'm Tony. Sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm not on form at all. Don't give him clues. I'm not going to. <laughs> I well, didn't mean to. I'm gonna write it down. Have a look. Right, <laughs> as we go for this boring part, shall I go through the um, the top twenty or twenty two eleven for this week? Actually, okay. At number twenty, Wild and Fools Fall in Love, Diana Ross. She's gone down from thirteen. Nineteen's uh, Cambodia, Kim Wilde, down from uh, seventeen. Uh, Flashback, Imagination is in at number eighteen. <laughs> it's up from twenty three. The Birdie Song. Well, the tweets oh, at seventeen, go. up from twenty, uh, up from twenty-two. I got to number one. As, as of course, with its own Doctor Who now connection. Has it? Oh, of course it has. Yes, yes, of course it has. Yes, the power of three. Um, number sixteen, my own way, Duran Duran. That was down from fifteen. Uh, Spirits and material well by the police. Uh, number fifteen, down from twelve. Uh, Fourteen, down from eleven. It's Young Turks, Rod Stewart. Uh, Thirteen, down from number eight is Rock and Roll. Status quo. Number 12, up from 19, waiting for a girl like you, foreigner. Oh, and number 11, down from seven, wedding bells, godly and cream. Oh, and you get the top 10 in the next, next episode. episode. Was the Rod Stewart song <coughs> down because people have taken it back because there wasn't any Turks, Turks in it? Indeed, yes. Evil. There should be something obvious, I know. Check in on the doctor, just tuck him in. I don't tell him about Adric. You're still trying to figure out that anagram? I don't know. We've given you a massive clue already. Have you? A weird name. And now Adric... Spies on the doctor whilst he's asleep. Enters his bedchamber. Yes. Zip. <laughs> now I can get the hot wax from the candle. <laughs> <laughs> what emotion was he displaying there? I've got absolutely no <laughs> idea. Coronation Street. Here we go. Go on then. Right. Yeah, because I don't want to watch like women carrying the food around in, in the market square. To be honest, I'll like. enjoy it, actually. But anyway, uh, tra- tra- oh, tra- Tegan in a, a nightgown. Night yeah, travelling electrician Alec Hobson, whoever he is, advertised for business in the street, camping out in his van. Bert gets a job interview at a warehouse. Man. Who's Bert? I've no idea, but but the job has been filled when he gets there. Uh, Gordon, whoever he is as well, turns up to see Betty. He tells her that he's getting married. Len tells Bert. I think Golden is Betty's son. Oh, is it really? Th- yeah. Oh, is it? Ah. Is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it is, yeah. Oh, there we go. Len tells Bert that Longshore's founder are taking on fitters. Betty takes a shine to Golden's fiance. <laughs> just left it, takes a shine to Golden. <laughs> <laughs> no, it takes a shine to Golden's fiance. It's more right. interesting. I know. Uh, <laughs> Why? Who'd, who'd have thought it was Wilson. like that in the 80s? <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Who's, la- who is Golden's fiance? It's the last sentence. Caroline Wilson, apparently. She's a. Uh, Caroline Wilson, yeah. Obviously going to show her his hot pot, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yes. Bert is taken on at Longshore's. He can't believe it. He then discovers that his first day at work clashes oh, with his court Bert, parents. Bert Tilsley. Is it really? Oh, his husband. First husband. Ah, right. Yes. Before uh, Don Brennan. Ah, uh, now we've got Ghostly Adric in the mirror. Oh, yeah, Bert Tilsley. Look at the little flick of the hair that he does there as well. I can't do a flick of the hair anymore. <laughs> you no, just no. can't resist it's it in the mirror, can he? Yeah. Acting! He just had one of our storms there. Yes. <laughs> Don't make me act again. Can you impersonate yourself? Mm, I don't know. I suppose it's, it's a question, isn't it? Can you impersonate yourself? That's the thing. Oh, now, now we're getting into to, yeah. to, to, to what is real and what isn't. What is a put on? What part of our human psyche is our, <laughs> our natural self, yeah. and what part is, what, is the bit that we well, present to the world? Because if you said impression, because impression isn't an impersonation. That's that's a completely different thing. An impression of is sort of like. Uh, 
is a bit like his impression. I mean, impersonation. The impersonation is, is exactly like, on, yeah. yeah. Like a John Coleshaw, for example. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I see, he's an impressionist, right? He doesn't impersonate, does he? Oh, yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Well, he's very good at Tom Baker, though. It's still an impression of Tom Baker. I say, can you impersonate yourself? But anyway, the, the portrait wants to show the doctor something. He wants everyone to leave the room. <laughs> Lifts up his cloak and. <laughs> it's a shame how he puts on two hats at the same time. <laughs> Secret to his two hats. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. In this week's Let There Be Love with Paul Eddington. Oh, okay, yes, we forgot about that. Yes. It's called Getting to Know You. Everything is on course for their wedding until Judy starts to be curious about Timothy's expansive knowledge of women. Now, this is another sort of bit of a long-winded thing we can't really sort of um, comment on. Now, this date in history... Now, this is something that's quite memorable in, in British history. It's Mark Thatcher, son of the then Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, yeah. disappeared in the Sahara during the Paris-Dakar rally. Uh, yeah, um, I have opinions about that, man, but um, yes, as but, you say, but, I've got to... <laughs> yes, <laughs> for, for reasons we probably best not to yeah, just get into that. Yes. No, I understand. We'll leave politics out of this, shall we? Yes. However, he was found on the 14th of January, oh, safe and sound. I've almost bit my tongue off there. <laughs> <laughs> he was found in the Sahara Desert. Yeah. What a knob. <laughs> Thank you for saying that, Paul, now I can go into my diatribe. <laughs> yes. No, no, I think we just leave it there. Yes, we're not, we're not a political podcast, are we? So. No. My books. And that girl there? Oh, okay. Is Caroline John's niece. Oh, really? Apparently. And they didn't know. Until it comes well, to Caroline filming, John didn't know she... it was her niece. <laughs> no, apparently not. <laughs> <That's weird. laughs> her sister kept things very, very secret. Yeah. Apparently, during, during filming, she turned around to somebody and said, Oh, my auntie used to be in this. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's the kind of sort of like to be true, actually. Yeah. Not some sort of uh, apocryphal tale. Nobody wants to remember Radrick. I was going to say, yeah. Even, even the girl at her age realised that no one should be that excited about Radrick. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Tonight's Panorama episode right, featured Lord Carrington, actually going under his uh, name, Peter Carrington, as he real name, apparently. Right, Jerry Paxman reports from Poland. And uh, David Lomax presents a piece of reportage entitled Baptism of Fire. Oh, yeah. a piece of reportage? Yes. <laughs> ah. Tone, we're all from Captain and Lewis. We're so reportage. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> reportage. Uh, well, that just sounds like he's just returned something, doesn't it? It does, actually. <laughs> <laughs> We're not close to the boom boom bit, are we? Well, very close, actually. Oh, in that case, I'll bet there's the other one here. There we go. A series called The Computer Programme started on this date. We present as Chris Searle and Ian Mac McNaught. Yeah, I remember oh, I remember him, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, where they demonstrate the rudimentary basics of computer programming. Using oh, BBC, BBC Micros. And Kraftwerk provides the theme music. Yes. Yes. Yeah, God, I forgot about that. Yes, it could be serious. We could find Adric. 
And we're falling... I still can't quite figure out why they make the Charlevan make him out like a bad guy when he sort of he well, also suspects. Yeah, I think it's just trying to be bluff and double bluff. Yeah, as, yeah, yeah. as in, why are they not telling you who but the actor why? is I don't, playing? That's what I was thinking. But I don't, I don't see the point of it to the, to the Charlevan. I don't understand why they, have, they feel the need to do that. Oh, it's like meant to think that he's the evil one. It's so you yeah, can have yeah. the big reveal at the end, in yeah. the last episode. But we've got one big reveal. You don't need another one, do you? Yeah, but, but but without it, you're not quite sure who the. So you're. It's trying to deflect from you looking at the. As the poor dream the bad, as the yeah, bad guy. Who but the bad guy is. I still think it's the wrong person. Because well, A Kojak. A is dressed in. He's yeah. dressed yeah. in black as well. I mean, they couldn't signpost it anymore, could they? Really? So well, trying the to... poor tree's wearing two white hats. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's evil for you. <laughs> The last fact here is uh, Ray Charles on that very same night was in concert in Mexico City. Oh, okay. Yeah. Look at say the Elton Palace, South East <laughs> London. <laughs> oh, that'd be more interesting, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, Suska John. There you go. Child. Oh dear. Have we got any other facts? Have we missed anything to... Uh, deaths and births, have we done it? No, no. Nobody died again. Nobody died. <laughs> no, no, Mondays, Mondays uh, are really good, nine, good living days. Okay, oh, born on this day then was Ashley Taylor Dawson, British actor and singer, and yeah. uh, Son Yee Jin, South Korean actress. Another yeah. Korean actress. Same what did, what did that, there. um, there's a chap for played Oxford, Oxford United, apparently was born one of these days. I can't remember oh, one. one. of these days. <laughs> <laughs> Something whitehead... <laughs> Oh, anyway, he was, he was born. Oh, what, born. Dean Whitehead? Dean Whitehead, that's him. Yeah. Oh. Uh, now of Middlesbrough, isn't it? Uh, anyway, yeah. we should return in episode four. Indeed. Uh, would you mind uh, waiting outside? Right, everyone, I'm going to press play on episode four in five, four, three, two, one, and play. Off we go. Right, okay, this episode was broadcast on the 12th of January 1982. Yep. And the audience figures were... 10.1. Paul? 10.2 again. 10.2. Oh, it went up. Biggest, biggest figures. Yes, biggest figures people. for this story. Why yeah, weren't they absolutely. there the first time round? We just... We haven't, we haven't got the uh, audience for... Well, we haven't got the, the panel for... Give us a clue for tonight, have we? It must have obviously been very poor. Oh, no, no, this would have been a Tuesday night anyway. This was Tuesday night. Give us a clue wasn't on then, was it? It was Monday's, wasn't it? Well, no, I thought it was the Tuesday. I no, think it was the Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? We mentioned it last yeah. time, though. Damn nation, man. It was on uh, Oh, Tuesday. damn. Yeah. Absolutely on Tuesday. Yeah. Plus. Which, which was the evening when Doctor Who had the worst figures of this for. Yeah. And the same music episodes. as Grange Hill, of course. Blast. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yes, 8.6, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, dear. We had to be Lionel Blair, Eunice Stubbs. Yep, of course. Um, Kenneth Williams is on there a lot. I bet Kenneth Williams is on that one. Christopher Biggins. Christopher Biggins, yeah, that's the male team done. Uh, uh, ladies' team, Eunice Stubbs and. Uh, Lindsay DePaul. That's a good one, Lindsay DePaul. <laughs> Lisa Goddard. <laughs> uh, she had have been a team captain, didn't she? Oh, yeah. was she? Oh, yeah, yeah, after yeah. Eunice Stubbs, yeah. yeah. In the, uh, the later Michael Parkinson years, wasn't it? Michael Parkinson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Today's Terry and Jim. Yeah, go for it. This recap is right. so long. An episode called Snookered. Terry decides. I remember that one. Oh, yeah, Terry decides yeah. to sell his old snooker table. Terry placed an advertisement in the local newspaper. Confusion over telephone numbers since Terry and June on a uh, fortune hunting trail. Oh dear. Yeah, that was an exciting episode. <laughs> I used to have someone called Terry and June living in my room, actually. I won't mention their surname because I did that June. before. <laughs> and also, in another little place on my round, I've got a, a, a someone called Mr. Judge and a Mr. Jury. That's <laughs> so absolutely true. I have. Yeah. You think, how can you get something with two great comedic actors like that come up in a story that was so... Trite. Yes. Yeah. Who wrote it then, Terry and June? I think a lot of them are written by John Kane, who was Tommy in <laughs> Planet of the Spiders. Ah. Yeah. Johnny, Everything comes back to Doctor Who, doesn't it? But, yeah. <laughs> All me gout's playing up. 
Yeah, I feel like that when I look in a mirror now. <laughs> Oh, very well. <laughs> yes, yeah, so he didn't look too happy about that, did he? No, no, I wouldn't think that. Doesn't either. disturb the Paul Treve. Ah, you got any anything while this? I the, have, yes, yes. Quiet zone. Well, we have the, um, the the World Hockey Championship. In fact, the World Cup of Hockey right. is being held that very same night. Well, sorry, very sorry, same uh, day of the final itself uh, in yeah. Bombay. And uh, it's Pakistan beat West Germany 3 1. Wow. What is when is she? Actually, 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 Pakistan actually, horse actually, a good actually, hockey team. I was going to say, I said wow, but yeah, Pakistan have had a very good hockey it's team. It's actually more West Germany. <laughs> There's yeah. more the wow on that. I don't, yeah. uh, but I don't know. West Germany may have been a good when team. When did Sean Curley and Co. come along there? What, what, what year was that? Oh, that would have been. The 88 song, was it? It might have been, or 92. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they win the gold There was medal? some cricket as well that, that day. Oh, right, okay. It was yeah, cricket, yeah. okay. Uh, Pakistan again. Oh, okay. It was playing the West Indies in Australia. Yeah. In part of the uh, Tri-Nation tournament. Yeah. And the West Indies won by seven wickets. Blimey. Oh, with, well, they were a good team back then. With more than seven overs remaining in a one-day game. That's quite good. Gordon Greenwich 84 was probably the main... Stay of their batting attack. Ah, Imran Khan has got 62 for Pakistan. Ah, the Prince earlier. of Cricket. Ah. Now, one thing I did notice that I bought on the website we're looking at, there's no uh, deaths for this day. Nobody died again. Good God. January's quite a lucky, lucky sort of month, wasn't it? For the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not actually sure that she bought in 15 month. volumes there, did they? It's something we have to go back and might have to go back and have a look at now, being <laughs> pedantic as to whether there was actually fifteen volumes there. Ah, uh, I'll count them up actually. Hmm. Would you like to know soap watch Crossroads? Yes, go for yeah, it. Go right. for it. Yes. Okay, in Crossroads this week, uh, Reg Lamont does a deal with Adam Chance. Who crops up a lot, didn't he, Adam Chance? Well, he was one of the major characters in it. I was going to say, there's only about ten characters. So he's Actually, gonna... Adam Charles looks like Graham King at work, funny enough. There you are, then. Which affects... That means a lot to our listeners. Oh, no, that doesn't at all, really. Which affects Sharon's future. Mavis Hooper gives Rose Scott practical advice about her daughter. I'm sorry, wives. Roast Scott? Yeah. Roasts? Rose. Oh, if it said Roast Scott. He roasts Scott and a bit racy in them days. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Book a motel room and the world was your oyster. Yeah. <laughs> what was your lobster terrace? These things do tend to happen in motel rooms. Like, do, they? <laughs> oh, racy old days. Yeah, anyway, Rose Scott. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Rose Scott, practical advice about daughter Iris. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They had a few theme tunes, didn't they? Old uh, Crossroads. I think Wings done one, didn't they? It's not the same tune, but it's all mm. different uh, mm. styles. Oh. Mm. Now, the, the um, actor there playing Ruther, the guy without the, the bucket on his head, Frank Wiley, um, he's a Scottish actor. I no. thought, there's nothing on Wikipedia. If I was ever quit searching on IMDb, he's been in quite a few things, actually. Tells comes? the Unexpected. Yeah. Uh, he was in uh, Armchair Thriller. Oh, they're, they're all, uh, the uh, what suspects, else have we got? Yeah. And also Thriller as well, which is what I've got on DVD, actually. Oh. The series of Thriller. Well, I've yet to get there's a big box set I've got of them. And um, something called The Rivals of Sherlock Holmes, where he played the prosecutor. Yeah, so I don't know what that one was about. Was prosecutor? It was in 1973. <laughs> I thought he was. I was like, that was an odd episode. <laughs> it was in, uh, also in Softly Softly, Budgie. Uh, ITV night, Sunday Night Theatre and ITV Sunday Night Drama. Yep. And uh, he's also in the 1961 serial of Rob Roy as well. Aye, aye. Yes. Out of many, many things that he did. He did loads of stuff. Yeah. And actually, Tone, I think out of your... Um... Crown Court? No, he did Taggart. Yeah. And as part of your soap watch, he's also part in High Road as well. Oh, take the High Road. Yeah, you know <laughs> they're the Scottish actor for you. I think take Indeed. the High Road. I want to do soap watch, you know, expand it a bit. But there's no plot lines, so just take the High Road either. I don't think you'll find that was, was one of the problems with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're 
Oh, yeah, I think it is. Hey, I do, hey. You take the high road. Oh, damn. <laughs> That's the Port Reeves house. That's the high this road. Is, oh, is, damn. This is the worst game of Connect 4 you've ever seen. <laughs> Win, lose, or draw. <laughs> No, I'm Scottish as well. <laughs> and I've got more Scottish as this episode's gone He has on. got more Scottish. Actually, now I've discovered that he's Scottish, I think I'm picking oh, yeah. up on the fact he's That's, Scottish. That is, that is it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we are so used to the accents. Until it was pointed out we was, he was Scottish, we hadn't recognised that the <laughs> accent was Scottish. Hey. Doomed. <laughs> 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 Yeah, Sassanak. <laughs> I have a football result. Oh, go on, go on. In, fit, in football, it was the second leg of the Guangdong Hong Kong Cup. <laughs> right? And where Hong Kong beat Guangdong 2-1 after extra time. Mm-hmm. They won 3-2 in aggregate with goals from Theo de Jong and Reach Werner. Reach Werner? <laughs> 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 That's a Paul name if there was one. <laughs> That's what the master was doing earlier, wasn't it? <laughs> I'll tell you, have you figured out the um, the anagram? Oh, man. <laughs> this is left out from last week, isn't it? It uh, is. Oh, um, what was the name again? Tom Courtney or something. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Tornay. Oh, Neil Tornay, that was it. Um, and what, why Tony's mentioned football, there was a League Cup fifth round game of this night, and yes. Liverpool drew nil-nil with Barnsley. There's excitement for oh, you. Oh, yes. First name Tony or something, I don't know. Oh, you got the first ah. name, ah. Tony. Ah. Ah. Yes, right. got it, there you are. Who's the producer of this or whatever? Is there a Tony someone or other who's producer? John Nathan Turner's the oh, right. producer. But, uh, is there a Tony connected to the show then? Or yes. Oh, well, well, I don't know his bleeding name. Do you I? do? Do I? We've discussed him. Yes. Or last week. Yeah. It was in last week's, what we watched quite a lot. Yes. Oh, Anthony Ainsley or something? Yes. Uh, yeah, Anthony oh, Ainley. There you oh, go. Oh, cool. It's an anagram of Tony Ainley. Ah, yes, and they yes. did that a lot. Because ah. he played a lot of different a lot of disguises, didn't he? So they, they ah, made yeah. an anagram of his name. Sure, I thought it was that, but I thought, no, it can't be that. I dismissed it. No, no, it's true. There's a shot of Anne looking evil again. Getting back to what you said in the last episode, it, they've overdone the Shardavan being evil to throw you off the scent. That, I mean, that's what I was trying to get at. It's overplayed. Um, yeah. I don't know. Very oh, come on. In amongst all the other overacting in this, you're going to pick <laughs> him out to blame him. No, I'm blaming the writing for that. I'm blaming the writing for that. Iconic radio man, uh, John Peel. His radio show that's that very same evening featured sessions from uh, archive sessions from the models and a more recent one from TV 21. Okay, good. What was their main hit? The models. (laughs) TV 21. TV 21. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Actually, we're... um... I don't want to talk over this bit, actually, because this is an important plot point here. Well, I, was, I was about to go into the top ten, carrying the countdown. But this is where the Doctor finds out that the, uh, the Charlevan is uh, not evil. Yeah. begins to discover. It's just a puppet of... No one says that anymore, anyway. Mere fancy. <laughs> Mere fancy. <laughs> I fear this is going to be something that's going to crop up more or not. <laughs> I think it might do. <laughs> From now on. This might come through a, a few reviews of our podcast on iTunes. If anyone likes to give us a review on iTunes, uh, please look us up. Who's he podcast? <laughs> give us a review. We'd like one. Thank you. <laughs> mere fancy. <laughs> Even if it just be a mere fancy of a book you're planning to write. <laughs> Yeah, the poetry. Uh... Oh, you trot up my foot. I'm alive. I'm alive. 
Nej. <laughs> oh, the tapestry of Curium. Shall I go for the top 10 now? Please do. Okay. Uh, number 10, up from 20. I could be happy, altered images. Um, number 9, up from 10. I'll find my way home, John and Vangelis. Uh, number eight, up from nine, Mirror Mirror, Monomore, Dollar. Up from 26 to number seven, Get Down On It, Calling The Game. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's a tune. <laughs> Down from number two to number six is Daddy's Home, Cliff Richard. Down from number three to number five is One Of Us, Abba. Up from number six to number four is Must Be Love by Madness. Yeah, yeah. Up from number four to number three is Ant Rap, Adam and the Ants. Up from number five to number two is the land of make-believe, Bucks Fizz. And holding on to number one spot, Don't You Want Me, Human League. Human League. Uh, it was a number one, wasn't it? I'm not mistaken. It was, actually. Yeah, it was number one yes. for a while, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And the Quantel box comes into effect again. There we are. I wasn't expecting that. They all could have jumped him at that point, couldn't they? <clears throat> yes, hurry. I'm still not quite sure where that gets him up to because there wasn't really, I don't think he could reach that ledge anyway. No, not really. <laughs> but the shuttle has got incredibly long arms. <laughs> oh. There weren't many. Uh... Facts I could find about, but uh, is it over the last one now? Anyway, go on, go on. It's the last one. Anyway, the BBC's play for today was entitled A Cotswold Death, starring Ian Richardson, Brian Cox, and Robert Fleming, Timothy Spall, and Les Saxon. A, a police inspector investigates the murder of an Arab sheikh who had become a village's lord, the village's uh, lord of the manor. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, the master's got his dildo of death out. The <laughs> <laughs> sat in the room and we're already calling him the master. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> he lost his bucket. Does that mean I've been charged now, Shardavan? Ask me, I know all about them. Yeah. So this is where they get the master all wrong. The master would know this. Yes. As it's come out, it's TARDIS technology. He would know this. And this is how to explain it. To, and he's getting a poker to open it. And, I mean, th is this the hard science you wanted, eh, Bidmead? No, <coughs> yeah, he has, eh? I should say this only once. <laughs> <laughs> and Alo Alo started that year as well, funny enough. Did he really? No, the same, same month, but not the date itself. Yeah. That's usually you about this time, isn't it? <laughs> usually, <laughs> yes. It would actually help if you actually had the poker inside the lid. Or hear you talking about just it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but if he doesn't, let me point it out to you. <laughs> no, you're not, no. <laughs> and now the box just comes apart. Oh. As easy as that. Right. We get some really good acting now from Anthony Ainley. What do you think he's a bad actor as well, then? Well, no, I've, I've seen him in other, other things, and he doesn't overact like this. Uh, this is uh, all John and Nathan Turner's fault. Yeah. Uh. It really is. Mm. Ah, again, again. Yeah. Here we go. 
<laughs> Why doesn't he peg it at this point? His, his plans have been undone. He's standing there just gobbing off. So, so he, he gets sort of dragged back into, into the old fray there. But what happens to him afterwards? You know, he looks like he's trapped the masters. They've got him. And all that well, you never actually find out. It just appears in the next story where he, he appears again. But yeah. when does he appear again? Isn't it um, time flight? Hmm. Not great on my fifth doctor. I think it's time flight. I'm not. Or does he appear again? I can't remember. And the budget couldn't show what happened. Oh, acting! You could actually see what happened to him there, could you? Just. <laughs> No budget to show what happened to Shoulder Van. Of course. Anthony only acting. Oh no, Adric survived. Don't worry, not long. <laughs> but he's going to have to give up smoking. <laughs> when does Adric disappear then? In Earthshock. Shock. Ah. So that, oh no, now you've ruined it to anybody who hasn't watched Earthshock. Oh, now. Come on. Oh, come on. It's 30 years old. Spoilers, sod off. <laughs> they change the setting on the Yamaha organ then, aren't they? I do find the music's a little bit too jaunty for what's that going on now, actually. But... Oh, I don't know. I can see perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Take me with you. <laughs> Just one more thing. Help me find my glasses. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm liking this music. Interesting. It's the 80s. Yeah. My web! Yeah, and he's predicting your future as well. Web, worldwide web and things like that. Yeah, he knows his stuff, the master. Well, <laughs> yeah. you're just saying his Wi-Fi's down at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it, really. I have no web, I have no web. <laughs> So that is terrible overacting, that really is. Where's this Tumbridge as well, as you say? Apparently so, Crowbra. Crowbra. I think. Now apparently on this um particular this final scene, Adric's supposed to look a bit sort of wan and pallid yeah. after being sort of like the after effects being imprisoned by the master. You can see, it looks, it looks a bit white there, doesn't he? Apparently, now this is the after effects of a drinking binge that Matthew Waterhouse went on the night before, but he overdid the Campari. Yes. Campari. <laughs> oh, those were the days. And if you do actually listen to the, the DVD commentary, Peter Davison is really laughing. Yeah. Him. Like getting them to run there was he trying to do it because he knew how. How ill he was. Yeah. And apparently, he is now going to be sick behind that True. tree. Yeah. Which is why when you have the conversation stuff going on, it's, it's only between three in Nissa, close up. Tegan and the Doctor. Yeah. Oh. Oh, so if you listen very, very close, you can hear... <laughs> is it Campari and Soda or Campari and Lemonade? Oh, we, we've had this one before, haven't we? we? Haven't, we haven't, yeah. I've always said Campari and Soda. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. have that there, there looks an expert look. Look at him. Look, <laughs> look he looks really <laughs> ill there, doesn't he? <laughs> that is. <laughs> that is not makeup. That's all real. That's that's method acting for you. Okay. I'm watching him get in now. Look. Are you sure you're up to trying to climb there? Is more the point, isn't it? Look. Oh, dear, look at him. Look. <laughs> look. Look. How was that door up? <laughs> <laughs> Because oh, they actually okay. filmed, didn't they, all of them going in? Yeah. 
And they said they, they, they didn't want to all be in there with him. who would just been thrown no. up. <laughs> so what do you, what do you think that then tone? Sort of like the inaugural for a fifth Doctor story. What do you oh, think to right. that? It was all right. <laughs> yeah, it's not a not classic really, classic. is it? To be honest. Problem is, unfortunately... Peter Davison didn't have many classics, did he? No, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, he had a couple, really, didn't yeah. he? It was Earthshock and... Um, Caves of Androzani. Caves of Androzani. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Although, when he did have a good one, he did tend to have a good one. Oh, he did. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They always top the <coughs> poles, don't they? They're yeah. always, always very well remembered, but... Oh, dear. Well, that's our commentary over for Castro Valva. Yeah. Uh, but... As I think we mentioned last week, if we had time, we were going to read through the letters pages from the Radio Times of 1982 about Castrovalva. So um, we've, we've, we've found, I don't know many of the were, but we've actually got three or four here, haven't we? Yes. We can read through. And also um, Alan Hart, who was the controller of BBC One at the time, his reply to these letters. See, So, um, okay. So shall I, shall I kick off? Sure, okay. What on earth, I ask, is happened to Doctor Who? I thought it a little strange at the time when a relatively well-known face was chosen to play the Doctor in the person of Peter Davison. And now the actual programme itself has moved away from the traditional Saturday tea time to a twice-weekly slot on Mondays and Tuesdays! Exclamation mark. <sighs> the success of Doctor Who, in my opinion, stemmed not only from the time which it used to be shown, which had a certain appeal about it, as borne out by the ratings, but also from the character of the Doctor himself. Messrs Hartnell, Trout and Pertwee and Baker were excellent choices at the time because they have not already been well exposed to television in other roles. Peter Davison is already a very well-known face due to his appearances in such programmes as All Creatures Great and Small and Sink or Swim. The result, that we think of Peter Davison as another character in another programme before we regard him as Doctor Who. This somehow detracts from the very character and feel of this once unique science fiction program. And that was written by J.L. Adcock Tolworth Surrey. Yep, yep. Yes, yeah, and the right. second letter was. He's lost it. I've lost that page. He's lost it. Right at that moment, I've, I've hit the wrong button and I've lost <laughs> the page. <laughs> As it happens. Shall I carry on while you find it? It may well be, maybe it will be quickest. Okay, right, okay. I'll read the next one then. And it starts with the subtitle, Delightful. Okay, this is a complete antithesis to the previous oh, episode, yeah. uh, the previous letter, sorry. Welcome to Peter Davison. For a while, he gave me the odd feeling I was really watching Tom Baker in a different envelope. But now he's developed a pleasantly nutty personality of his own. And Castrovalva, 4th to the 12th of January, was delightful. That's good, just confirming that we've got our facts right for the night. <laughs> exactly, yes. It's confusing courtyards and stairways, and even the old costumes of the inhabitants brought Moritz Isha's drawings beautifully to life. But need Nissa look such an idiot in those high hills? Eileen A. Graham, and I cannot pronounce this town, but it's Tignabrachich Argyle. There we go. Have you right. found it now, Paul? I found it. You found it. Here we go. But okay. I've got a dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> it's my youngest son, age nine, was extremely disappointed to find that his favourite programme had been switched from its normal Saturday spot to midweek, thereby creating the dilemma. Miss Cubs or Miss Doctor Who? Ooh. There must be many thousands of children who attend Cubs, Brownies and a variety of other activities who are now faced with the same choice. And that's G. Ogden or Kettering Northence. Oh, okay. Do you want to read the next one as well? So I just had two, haven't I, there? So Okay. It's a, well, it's a basic equation. <laughs> <laughs> and it's surely first, the most basic and overriding principle of broadcasting that Doctor Who equals Saturday and Saturday equals Doctor Who. And that's Mar Michael R.G. Truman of Newark, Nottinghamshire. Okay, okay. And then the uh, next uh, letter is, is subtitled Guardian 2. If the powers that be can ignore my protest at the rescheduling of Doctor Who, they surely cannot disregard the leader in the 4th of January Guardian, TARDIS lands on the wrong day. Do they realise it also clashes with the Archers on Radio 4? No, that is from Mary Swingler, Sutton Coldfield, West Midlands. Well, I mean, had Tony realised that it clashed with the Archers, we'd have had the plot points from every night of the Archers. <laughs> <laughs> right, there's one more letter, one more letter. Affirmative. 
<laughs> 28-year-old mother. Yes, I play that role so well. <laughs> who grew up with the good Doctor Who. It's, it grew up with the good Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Yes, that's a... <laughs> as opposed to growing up now. If you grew up in the eighties, you grew up with a bad Doctor. Who. Yes, <laughs> as we did. I don't yes. know. Yes, <laughs> I'm more than a bit qualified to pass judgment on Peter Davison's suitability. Well, I don't know if you are really. <laughs> I don't know, but Karen, continue. I will continue, and all I can say is yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> That's Mrs. Cynthia Seagrave Bingham of Orpington, Kent. Kent. Now, in reply to these letters, um, Alan Hart, the then-controlled BBC One, replied, okay? It's a pity it wasn't Tony Hart, because he could have said, I can't return any of your letters. (laughs) (laughs) he, He writes, The decision to move the Doctor from his Saturday slot was not taken lightly. We thought carefully about it and decided that he needed new times, and the hope is that more people were able to follow his adventures. In addition, we all felt the need to give him a new lease of life, a new doctor, a new placing, a new challenge. Time will tell whether the TARDIS has landed on the right day. And then we cancelled the show seven years Years later. later. Yes, (laughs) Certainly, Mrs. Seagrave Bingham thinks it has, and I'd like to bet there are many millions who agree with her. The first episode on the 4th of January had 10.1 million viewers. That doesn't bear up to what Wikipedia said, does it? So... Uh, the Doctor will be calling twice a week until the end of March. Then we should discuss carefully on which day the TARDIS will land next time around. Which day did it actually fall on eventually? Uh, they, they moved it. They started moving it around. Didn't it become oh. Tuesdays and did it become Tuesdays and Thursdays? Was it? Uh, I can't remember because I must admit I stopped watching Doctor Who during Colin Baker's run. I sort of you were going to Cubs. Weren't you? I was going to Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I stopped. No, I was. I was going like Air Cadets, and and so I, I missed. No, actually, I went uh, Air Cadets on Tuesdays and Fridays. So you were one of the other kids that was missing it because of their various activities. Well, she I actually, right. actually, no. I think because I think as I might have mentioned on our commentary for the Five Doctors, which was originally shown on the Children in Need night, um, I went sick and feigned illness so I didn't have to go to RAF Cadets so I could uh, watch the Five Doctors. Oh, wow. So. Yes, according to Wikipedia, um, part one got 9.1 million viewers, but according to uh, Alan Hart, the BBC One controller of the day, it got 10.1 million. So I think I am inclined to agree Alan Hart more than yeah, the, Wikipedia. It, it is one of the few times <laughs> when you're actually more willing to believe the official story from the BBC. Exactly, yes. <laughs> but official story, BBC, Wikipedia. Mm. Mm, it's a close-run thing there, really. explain the sudden leap a couple of weeks later, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Well, from the 8 point, whatever it was, uh, million... You know what I mean? The first episode you said was only... Eight, uh, the first episode was 9.1, second one, episode yeah. was 8.6, yeah. part three was 10.2, and part four was 10.4. Oh. So mm. there's, there's something not quite right Maybe there, ep- is there, really? So. Uh, I think yeah. I'd be wrong about episode two as well, then. Oh, could be. Yeah. Who knows? Mm. Who knows? But that's that was last week's episode. We, we cannot correct it now. That's out. That's gone. Yeah, that's gone. That's, that's gone. We well, can't change that now. So. Anyway, um, so that's that for the commentaries. We were hoping... I think we, we did mention a few weeks ago that we, we were going to try and do um, <coughs> Spirit from Space Robot and Castro Valva, but of yes. course we, we haven't got time to do Robot. We can't do a commentary in August. So we brought forward Castro Valva um, instead. So, um, <laughs> for some reason. Some reason. So there's no more commentaries now for a long, long time because, um, well, really. By the time we can all get back together, the series would be st- the new series will be started. So. Indeed. So, so next we're not going to interrupt. No, we're not going to interrupt that. So our um, well, we're going to be interrupting the new series with our reviews quite a bit actually during the the run. But we'll come to that later. Won't I was going to say, yeah, we're going to totally ignore series eight, and we're going to give you a commentary of Paradise Towers. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. So anyway, the next commentary won't until be well till the winter months, really, will it? Yes, oh, it's a bit cooler. A bit cooler, indeed, indeed. <laughs> so anyway, what is coming up next on the Who's he podcast? Well, next week we're going to return to the world of Big Finish again. And uh, this is a story you picked out a long time ago, Paul, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Uh, we're, we're going to do a Sixth Doctor story, and it's the Spectre of Lanyon Moor. Or Manor, sorry. The Spectre of Lanyon... Is it Manor? Moor? Manor? Um. I can't remember. I thought it was more, but it might, it might be Manor. <laughs> it's such a long time ago since it I was, yes, it you selected it. Yeah, so I think it is more. I think it's Lanyon Moore, actually. So, uh, so we're doing a big finish review next week. Yes. That's what's happening. So uh, there you are. So, Tone, 
Anything you'd like to say before you disappear for the next <laughs> few months? Before you go. Uh, oh, no, no, not at all. It's nice As time. usual, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see you in the winter months. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, we're going to turn Pag back in his box in for the next right. few months then. So, for this <laughs> week... Does he, does he hibernate during the summer? I think he might no, do. Like, like, mo- ah. like a hedgehog in is reverse. Is wine? Hedge- Have you got to put him in a box with lots of straw? <laughs> <laughs> and when I come out, I want mould wine. Yeah, I'll leave that glass there. It'd be very mouldy. It will be. Very mouldy. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Let's finish this up then. So for this week, then it is goodbye from me, Phil. Goodbye from me, Paul. And see you in a few months, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who podcast alliance.